Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, I'm interviewing Elise Sanders. Now, Elise is kind of back in that travel world. Really, obviously, enjoy travel myself. I actually, pretty soon after this is uh, being released, will be heading on a, a journey myself, going back to Europe for the first time since uh, since COVID. I've told the story about getting almost stranded in Europe a few days uh, into the COVID, you know, pandemic, and uh, you know, a few days before the Europe ban happened when we weren't able to go. Traumatic. Finally getting back, super excited about that, going to Germany, Austria, Croatia, and Slovenia. Should be amazing. But this interview is also pretty amazing as well. And it is with uh, kind of a different perspective where, you know, I've talked to some travelers who live the digital nomad life. And, you know, they're, they're younger people who, I guess, with, with less, uh, less attachments already, uh, but that's not the case here with uh, with Elise. Her and her husband actually had, you know, very lucrative careers, six-figure salaries, and uh, and decided, hey, this is this is not what I want to do anymore. Um, she took her career on uh, on the digital nomad world and uh, started doing a lot of things there. We're going to talk about that. Um, but her husband actually was uh, reaching retirement age and retired to uh, to do these this travel journey. So. I think you're going to enjoy this. We're going to talk about the places she's been, kind of setting yourself uh, up to do something like this. She has a business where she helps others become, uh, you know, digital nomads and, and answer the, the questions that you never knew you had, but now you have them and you can't find the answer. Uh, she's going to talk about some of her favorite places she's been, some of the funny stories of uh, of her travels. We're going to talk about how she's now starting to incorporate her cats into her travels and uh, how one is going to be very excited and one not excited at all. I did interview her uh, about a month, maybe two months ago, so we talk a little bit about things that are coming out in the spring. Uh, I would urge you to check out her website because some of those very, very well may be out already. Uh, but this is a fun, fun conversation about uh, about travel. If travel is not something you're interested in, I think uh, there's a lot to be learned just about stepping out of your comfort zone and you know embracing new experiences and doing things that maybe you never thought possible. We we really dive deep into that and kind of envisioning possibilities rather than limitations. So I think you're going to enjoy this one regardless. I certainly enjoyed speaking with her. Here is Elise Saunders. I'm here today with Elise Saunders. Miss Saunders, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it very much. If you would, just introduce yourself. Yes, Elise Saunders. I am a digital nomad travel blogger, and I also own my own bookkeeping company. So that's my digital nomad job, if you will. No, and I think that's that's awesome. And I know that your story has a lot to do with, with travel and and kind of starting traveling at a little bit of a an older age, you and your husband both uh, decided to kind of pick up and, and start that that nomad journey, I believe after he had retired. I, I guess I want to know a little bit what you guys were doing before 
the travel started? Because I think he had a whole career before that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I had the six figure salary, you know, completely uh, stuck in this repetitive cycle of illness and misery and not feeling fulfilled with life. So I was able to make the jump into owning my own company. That's where the bookkeeping business came in. So I left my six-figure salary without a single bookkeeping client and was able to build that into a successful business. But, you know, at that point, I was like, okay, you know, I'm still feeling like there's got to be more to life. I don't really feel like I'm fully living. Like I have a better work-life balance and I am happier, but is this still it? Like there has to be more. Mm. And so that's when I kind of started feeling that shift in myself of, I've got to figure this out. I want to really fully live and experience life. And so that was when, you know, my husband, who at the time was a condominium general manager in his, you know, full-time career, I said, I think you should retire right now and we should go out on this traveling journey. So that was how that all progressed. Yeah. And so what, I mean, what was his thoughts with that? Because I mean, that's a huge step. You going from that six figure salary to having no clients, him from a career that he was probably pretty comfortable in at that point. Um, I mean, what was that leap like for, for him? Well, there was a couple of years in between me leaving the six-figure salary, opening the bookkeeping, and then going out in this digital nomad journey. So originally, we actually had bought a sprinter van. And on the day that we were going to go pick it up, uh, he was like, you know what? It's too small. I can't do it. And Mm. so, you know, we spent like more than a year or so trying to figure out, okay, if it's not that, then what? So you know, we kind of been working toward that travel life for a while, uh, but we just couldn't quite pin it down, right? We still had so many limiting beliefs, so many different fears that were keeping us believing that it had to be done a specific way, that there, we weren't seeing all the many options and, and the variety of ways that you can have this life. But, you know, when the bookkeeping business was successful, And, you know, I approached him like, okay, you know, I think it's time. I think we need to do this. I heard from him what I hear from a lot of people. That's a great idea for the future, but Mm. not right now, right? That was the biggest hurdle for him. And I was like, honey, I love you. And, you know, I know that you're thinking you're going to work till 70, but what if we don't like, what if you're dead by then? You know, like literally I said that to him, I was like, are you going to regret not taking this leap in this journey with me right now? And he was like, yeah, of course I would regret that. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, then let's do it. You know, like let's have you retire early and let's get out and let's really start living and having these experiences. And of course we were just talking literally a couple days ago um, because we're coming up on our two years very soon. Uh, We've been on the road like 600 consecutive days or something now. Mm. And so I said, you know, do you, do you look back and think that that was silly? You know, like the holding on to that life so hard. And he was Mm. like, yeah. You know, this has been amazing. I'm so grateful that we did it, that we didn't wait, that we're doing this, you know, no regrets. 
better than he even thought that it would be. And same for me, obviously, too. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I in my travels at, at a much smaller scale, you know, I, I do a lot of different trips and stuff. I, I mean, I have a full time job, but I, I'm I do a lot of different trips. And so I'm kind of known as the person that travels a lot. But I have tons of people, just like you said, say that, uh, you know, oh, man, some one of these years, one of these days I'm going to go and, and travel, too. And it's always just like, well, why not this year? We have uh, like in my own office, like we have five weeks of vacation. Why not well, just go this year? Why some years, someday? Why do people keep putting stuff off all the time? So I, I, I that resonates with me a lot. And I want to kind of with you, um, you, you talked about even you having this established career, him having an established career. Um, what do you think some of the pluses and minuses are to getting started in this type of journey a little bit later? Obviously having more monetary funds is always a, always a plus, but I'm sure there's minuses too. So kind of share that with us. Sure. You know, I think that that's something else. You know, I, I, I speak a lot about myths, right? We have these myths about having a digital nomad life. And, you know, a lot of it stems from the belief of, oh, that's for young people, mm. right? But it's not. You know, we we started a business. I'm in my late 40s. Greg is in his mid 60s. There's an 18 year uh, age gap between us. And, you know, we decided to start a business. People think, oh, I've been doing this career for my whole adult life. Oh, I, I can't leave now and start over, or start something new. Sure you can. Absolutely you can, you know. Um, there, We put these limits on ourselves. We put ourselves into these boxes that keep us from fully living our dreams or our passions or having these amazing experiences and so I would say it's it's not even a, a plus or minus on the money, right? Because part of what we help people understand in the variety of ways that you can have a digital nomad life is that you can spend as much as you want or as little as you want, right? You can even stay on BLM land in the States where you know, you're not really paying that much. There's people that completely live and travel in their car, extending their living space by these really cool tents that extend out the back or the trunk area. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people, again, place these restrictions of, oh, you have to have all this money in order to do it. And that's just not true. You can do it in any way that you want to make it happen if it's important to you. No, I, I, I like that too. Even, even at smaller scales, again, I mean, that that's a huge thing. Everyone always says, eh, traveling so expensive. It doesn't definitely doesn't have to be, you can find uh, really, really good deals. And, and then also just like you were saying, there's a lot of, a lot of cheaper ways to get around. You know, I've talked to people in the past on this podcast that, you know, they move somewhere. I, I talked to somebody who wanted to uh, live in Brazil and he moved there and started working on a, uh, at a winery and basically they paid for him to be there. So it's all just a matter of, yes. of, of perspective and figuring out how you want to get where you're, where you want to go. So I like that. And I want to kind of get to your, some of your stories in the emails. You, you've laid out quite a few really, really awesome ones. I don't know that I can pick. I'd rather you just tell me maybe a story or two that you, uh, I guess that you you think kind of highlights uh, your journeys the best. 
Um, well, I, I have a funny story. This was obviously before, you know, we actually got on the road. This was like, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago. <clears throat> and we love Costa Rica. Greg and I went to Costa Rica. We were at our very favorite resort there, Arena Del Mar. It's in Manuel Antonio, which is a beautiful area. And so, you know, I was walking on the path at the resort and I love animals. It doesn't matter, birds, lizards, dolphins, like it doesn't matter. I love animals so much. And it was the first time that I'd ever seen like the really huge, long lizards, right? Mm. Just like out in the open. And so I was so excited about that, you know, so excited to see them and all their colors and sizes and shapes. And, mm -hmm. and so anyways, I was admiring this one particular lizard and he was on the path further ahead of me. So I had kind of stopped just to admire him, right? And so all of a sudden he stands up like mm -hmm. a person yeah. and he starts running like a person toward me full <laughs> tilt and my brain is like what is happening right now you know <laughs> yeah. and so i start screaming and i'm running the other direction and so you can just imagine that like all the guests and the employees at the resort are just like watching me run by you know screaming <laughs> with this lizard you know running after me <laughs> I had no idea that they could do that, right? Uh, um, I think they're called like Jesus Christ lizards or something. They're known to do that across water and, you know, uh, et cetera. But yeah, that one just really remains ingrained in my brain because I just didn't know that they could do that. <laughs> yeah, I, that that would be something. I couldn't even imagine that because I've heard of those lizards too, but I don't think my brain would have processed immediately as it stood up that, oh my gosh, that's one of those lizards. So that's- Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah I that's didn't insane. find out until after that, you know, that was their name and that, yes, they do that. Typically, like I said, I think it's more on water, but- this one was on land and decided to give me the memory of a lifetime. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And I, I want to ask you too about Costa Rica, because I know in, in an email too, you talked about how you guys do a lot of driving yourselves. Do you, did you drive a lot in Costa Rica? Because I yeah. went to Costa Rica and my big story there is driving up to like, cause we were taking a, a kind of a cloud forest tour and we yeah. drove up to Monteverde <laughs> on on a road that was a gravel road, literally in the middle of the mountains. I feel like I was going to slide off and go off the side of the mountain. That was the most terrifying drive of my life. I know. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awful. And and then, you know, we got into the bus that actually takes us there. And of course, there on that same road is whipping around. It, it, right. was, it was nuts. Yeah. I, uh, it was, you it was, feel it was like something. you're going to slide off and then you see another car that like, now you have to get two cars side by side. And I already felt like there wasn't enough room for us. And I'm thinking, how are there going to be two vehicles side by side passing each other? You know? Yeah. It's, it's something for sure. Yeah. yeah that, that no, was not... In Costa Rica, we did not drive ourselves. We actually, no. uh, everywhere we went for that reason, uh, we actually had hired a, a driver uh, to get us place to place. But here in the States, you know, we the only thing pretty much that we own is our car. 
Everything that we own is packed into that car. Mm. And so here in the States, we're driving as we're looking at moving to Greece next year. Uh, so we're anticipating leaving in March and then being there for one year on a long-term visa. We are looking at long-term car contracts so that yeah. we can be able to drive ourselves through Greece and then go from uh, land into the islands via the ferries. It also makes it easier because we travel with our cats here in the States, and then we're going to be taking our cats as well to Greece. So mm. trying to get through all the airlines with the cats, it might just be easier for us to drive, get on the ferry, go to the next place, the next place, right? Because we want to keep doing the same thing we're right. doing here in Greece, which is basically where we move every 30-ish days mm. to another location. Yeah, I want to ask you about the, the cat thing here in a minute, but I, I want to ask you too about, um, you know, you were just talking about renting a car and, and having it for long terms. And, and maybe you always talk about finding cheaper ways to do things are you guys able to, well, your, your husband is, you know, of an age that I feel like a lot of people already knew how to do it, but I have to spend so much more money in Europe because I cannot drive a manual car. Can you, can you guys drive manuals? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's nice. <laughs> my, I go with my dad sometimes and he's an, he's older, but, uh, he's like, I, I don't, I haven't driven a manual in a long time. I'm afraid to, to try it out, you know, in this new place. So. Yeah, that that'll cut you. That literally, you know, a lot of places are all over the world, not just Europe. That'll cut your cost in half. So just a matter of just driving this dang manual car will will save you a lot. Exactly. Yeah, and I want to ask you too about these. You know, you just talked about how you travel with cats. That is, uh, that that throws a lot more into the equation. Just a matter of getting your cats to other countries. Sometimes that takes a lot of paperwork. What made you decide that that was? That was important to you. You just talked about how you know important animals are. So I feel like that's part of the theme. Absolutely. So, you know, first comes the motivation, right? The passion of wanting to go and experience other places, other cultures, new foods, right? Part of the this journey has been about expanding as a person, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, I feel like every six months, I'm at least a whole different version of myself because of everything that I'm learning, all of the fears that I'm overcoming, all of the limiting beliefs that are, um, you know, leveling up, if you will. And so I really feel like I'm expanding and growing as a person because mm -hmm. of this journey. And so it's like, okay, you know, we've done the States thing, but now let's take that to the next level. Not only would it be incredible and cool and amazing to go international, but what would that do for me as a person, right? That's what I'm really interested in. So first, that was really the motivation. The other part was we have cats. So, okay, we have to figure out how to take them with us. And you're right. The paperwork is crazy. Uh, you know, some countries you can't take them at all. So those went off the list real fast. Some of them you have to do, still do quarantine. So those went off the list. So then we were left with the ones that, okay, you just have to do a lot of paperwork. So we actually have hired a pet travel agent, which I didn't know those existed. Mm -hmm. And so she is going to help us navigate all of the 
uh, specific paperwork needed for the U.S. and then the country that we're going to. And by going to one country, instead of hopping between countries, it does simplify it in the fact that there's one set of paperwork. We just have to focus on that, get in country, get their pet passport created so that then we can travel within country a lot easier. And again, like I said, it'll be even easier too if we're going by car rather than continually trying to get on airplanes and going place to place. Hmm. So yeah, it, it does make it a lot more complicated. Yeah. Have you traveled with them already? No. So they have never been on a plane yet. Everything that we've done here in the States with them has been by car. If one of us has had to get on a plane, the other one stayed at the Airbnb where we were traveling and, and located for that time period. So yeah, this, this is really going to, ah, it's going to push us all, right? It's great. Lots of change, lots of new experiences. So it'll, it'll be great. Yeah. So what, what personality do these cats have? Do you think it's going to be like they get there and they're going to be like, where in the heck am I? Or are they going to be like <laughs> a new place to rule? Which way is it going to be? Uh, so uh, Delilah loves travel. Yeah. When we travel <laughs> in the car, she has to be between our seats up high for yeah. even if it's an eight hour drive, her eyes are glued like saucers out the window. She's loving it. Yeah. She gets to a new place. She settles in with, with a, within a couple of days. She loves the whole travel thing. Her yeah. brother, Samson, not so much. You know, <laughs> he when we drive, he has to sit on our laps the entire drive mm. and he will not look out. He just stays in his carrier on our lap. Mm. And, you know, he's like, just hurry up and get there. Yeah. You know, let's get this over with. So he's, he is our very sensitive little man. Yeah. And so getting on the airplane is going to be a, a rude awakening for him. We're, we're, yeah, we, we may have to medicate him. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with, with all of that. that that will be an interesting thing for sure. I don't want to ask you kind of your, I guess, favorite travel moments. You just talked about, you know, a, a funny story a moment ago with the, with the upright lizard, but what outside of that, what's some of your favorite moments you've had? Um, when we first set out, our very first destination was Humboldt, Tennessee. They that community was so welcoming to us. It's a memory in itself that I will never forget. But we decided to do uh, some photos at the farm, just Greg and I, right? And to, to commemorate this amazing journey that we're on. And so here we are, we're taking these photos. Well, there were horses as well, you know, that were in the field. Um, and so uh, Buddy the horse came over and without any prompting, without any uh, orchestration at all, all of a sudden, you know, Greg and I are like, huddled together to take the photo. All of a sudden, Buddy ramps himself right between us, takes mm. his nose and like shoves Greg way over. Yeah. And like Buddy comes up 
like super close to me, like, okay, this is my woman. She and I are going to take this photo now, you know? And so the photo is just me and buddy all cuddled together and like drive off to the side, looking so sad and pitiful. Like what just happened? You know, like my wife was taken away from me by this horse. And again, you would think that that was like something that we contrived or there was a trainer there, but no, this was just absolutely natural and it just happened. And so we went and got some carrots, you know, for, for Buddy. And so Greg is holding the bag of carrots and we're feeding the horses and all of a sudden Buddy grabs the entire bag and all of a sudden Buddy and Greg are in like this major tug of war for this bag of carrots. I guess mm. he wanted them all for himself and didn't want to share with the other horses. Mm. And so, you know, again, we were able to get these photos and you know, when you see Greg and I laughing hysterically in these photos, it's all authentic and real, right? Mm. Like none of this is contrived at all. That was just so amazing. You know, Buddy was absolutely incredible. He made that moment just so joyous and, and cool. You know, it was just really amazing. I like that. I think that that's funny for sure. Yeah. Horses are, uh, horses are, they, they, they keep you on your toes for sure. That's, I, I have a, a horse story, too, when it comes to I was in Iceland and they took us to like this horse barn. Of course, they have like those cool Icelandic stallions or whatever. But I try to take a picture with one of them. I get a, one good picture and I had apparently I hadn't given him that carrot fast enough after that. So then the next picture was me literally getting bit on the shoulder. He didn't oh, really. He didn't really like hurt me, but it was just a matter oh. of no, I'm not doing this for free. I'm going to need some <laughs> payment here. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I, I like that. I like that story, though. Hopefully, did Buddy and, and Greg ever make amends or they just have to agree to disagree? Yeah, by by the end, there was a photo where the uh, photographer had me sitting up on the fence to the field and Greg was kind of like standing next to me. And just in this really beautiful way, here comes Buddy into the photo, did not come between us this time, but just kind of stood next to us with the sunset in the backdrop. And his presence made the photo just like, wow, you know, just, you know, again, we didn't call him we didn't talk to him to like encourage him to come into the photo or anything in fact until i saw the photo i didn't know he was in the photo right uh. it was just greg and i from my peripheral vision that i could see but just the way that he came and stood in the photo was just absolutely incredible yeah i was really really grateful yeah he sounds like a ham he's in all these photos un unasked he must really like to be uh, the center of attention well and i think horses are so smart and intuitive yeah. right and so i think that he just knew that i loved him and yeah. you know i think that he just thought here I, I i know that you know by doing this i will do this really cool thing for them and and i think it was just a gift that he was giving us you know i like that i like that and the next question is going to be one that a lot of travelers don't necessarily like to answer, but I'm going to ask you and, and see whether you can answer it. And that's, of course, what's some of your favorite places you've been and your least favorite places you've been? Um, let's see. Maine was incredible. 
Uh, we're in Santa Fe right now, really loving Santa Fe, New Mexico. I took uh, skiing lessons for the very first time on Friday. That was really awesome. Totally shocking, but I'm actually not bad at skiing. Completely mm. like not an athletic person at all. Uh, so that was really fun. Uh, Utah was really incredible. We spent like two and a half months traveling all of Utah uh, the many beautiful national parks within Utah, state parks, natural formations. That was absolutely incredible. Um, think places I didn't really enjoy so much. We really did not enjoy West Virginia. People keep telling mm. us that we were on the wrong side of West Virginia, mm. but the cell phone reception was awful. Um, and you know, everything was so curvy and hilly, you know, to, to what should have taken us 10 minutes took like an hour to drive anywhere. And we were all car sick by the time we got there. You know, every time that we got in the car to go somewhere, it just was exhausting. Um, so yeah, we just, everybody says we needed to be on the other side. So maybe that was the case. Mm. Uh, but I mean, that's really honestly uh, that one and Chico, Chico, California. We had so many people say, oh, it's such a cool town. You're going there. You're going to love it. You're going to have a fabulous time. And I was kind of like, I'm not really seeing what people like. It's it's OK, you know, mm. but it was not the blow up that everybody, you know, kept making it every time people said, where are you going next? And we said, Chico, oh, my God. You know, so I don't know. I, I typically go into a place not having expectations, mm. right? I'm really trying to practice non-expectation. And so I don't know if maybe their reaction led me to think it would be more in my mind that it was. And that's what led to the semi-disappointment. I'm not really sure, but mm. it, it wasn't really for us. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's the case. Sometimes just places aren't aren't for certain people. It doesn't mean they're bad. It just means they're not, right. they're not play, places somebody, you know, may, may like West Virginia. Yeah. I've almost driven off the side of a mountain there too. That seems to be the theme of most of my stories when it comes to mountains, <laughs> yeah. but when, but Utah, you talked about, you know, enjoying that. And that's a great place. I think to, to spend a lot of time because the Southern Utah is totally different than Northern Utah. What, uh, which one do you like better? Do you like kind of the the deserts of the South or the, you know, the snow-capped mountains of the North? I did not care for the North at all. Mm. Um, there was uh, Antelope State Park there uh, in the North. I absolutely loved that. I got to see my very first burrowing owl ever there. Mm. I have waited seven years to see my first burrowing owl. So that will always be an exciting memory. But in general, I just really didn't enjoy Salt Lake. I absolutely loved the South. We stayed one month in the lower left and one month in the lower right. So we really got to experience for two full months the Southern portion of Utah. Uh, again, all of the national parks there are just so diverse and just so incredible. So many different experiences. And I'm a big hiker too. So I was just eating up all of the great hiking. Even Glacier National Park, I have to say, was the best hiking of my life. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, I was totally, again, you want to talk about diversity, one side of Glacier versus the other, totally different, did not care for one side, totally loved the area of Glacier National Park up by the Many Glacier Hotel. That is definitely where you want to go. Um, but yeah, the, the hiking blew me away. I was not expecting it to be that amazing. Mm. So yeah, I've had some incredible hiking experiences throughout this journey. I love that. And I want to kind of talk about as a whole with your journey, how do you think that it's, it's changed you or at least changed your perspective on, uh, on life or, or on things? Talk about that. Well, I think that it's, completely created myself anew. I was living a life that I wasn't really engaged with. I was living a life before that I really didn't feel like I was fully living. There was no risk, right? I just sat on the same place, on the same couch, in the same four walls, drove to the same grocery store. We did the same activities, you know, day after day, month after month, year after year. There was no challenge. There was um, you know, no change. Everything was the same. And I just ultimately felt over time that I was just slowly dying, right? My soul just felt like it was dying in this sameness every day. And so that was what led to this journey is I need to be challenged. I need constant change to be challenging myself. I want to learn about myself. I want to learn about different things, different cultures, even within the United States. And so, you know, that was part of this journey. And boy, the universe has not disappointed. I've overcome so many fears, like my fear of heights. Um, you know, I was actually able last July to go mountain climbing. Mm. When back home, even getting on the little step stool, I was terrified. Now, there was a long process of going from a step stool to getting on the side of a mountain, but it was through this journey of traveling where I constantly was pushing myself to face that fear, right? And so kind of the culmination, if you will, was getting on the side of a mountain, you know, with the ropes and, and all that stuff and climbing up a mountain. It was absolutely incredible. I was so proud of myself that I was able to do that. But that moment never would have happened if I had stayed living at home in Dallas mm. continuously rather than getting out on the road, you know, but being in a situation where my environment changes every 30 days, I never put my toothbrush in the same place. I never know where I'm driving. When we get to a new city and we want to go do all these fun things, we don't know where anything is. It forces us to be very engaged, very present in the moment, very present with our life, how we're feeling, what's going on. And that has had huge ramifications. I'm no longer sleepwalking through my life. I'm alive. I'm awake. I'm learning. I'm having fun. I'm being challenged. It's incredible. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's all really, really amazing things. And I want to, I want to move into, I guess a little bit more about you in your travels now, when it comes to one, how you can help other people. But before we get to that, I want to talk about kind of what I, I feel like a lot of people 
create those limiting factors. And that is, you know, work and being able to make money while they're doing this. I know you talked about doing bookkeeping and having that nomad lifestyle. Talk about a little bit what that looks like, because a lot of people don't just can't, I guess, conceptualize what that would look like to be able to completely pick up and, and go wherever they want while still working. Sure. First, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. That's also a misconception is that it has to be like us all in or nothing. That's not true. I know digital nomads who digital nomad once a year or twice a year, once a quarter, right? Some people do like to go all in. The beautiful thing about this life is that it's whatever works for you. Whatever you want to create for yourself is available for you to do. So, you know, as far as jobs, a lot of jobs since COVID are able to be done remote. More and more people are requiring that because they either want to move to a less expensive area, they want to travel more, whatever it is, being able to be remote is more available in the workplace now more than ever. Additionally, some people, like we said earlier, say, oh, I've been doing this job forever. It's not remote. I can't leave. This is the reason I can't have that life. I challenge people all the time. Let's create something new. There are so many remote or digital nomad businesses or jobs that you can have or create for yourself everything from, you know, flying a drone, teaching English, uh, you know, web development. I mean, the list that we help people look at is so vast. But at the end of the day, it's only limited by your own imagination. I tell people, look at what you're passionate about. Look at your skills. You know, what is it that you've always wanted to do? Can we take that? And can we put that into a scenario where you can do that from the road so that you can travel? Yeah, no, I think those are all important parts too. And I want to ask you, it can be, I guess, in this same topic or a a completely different one, but what do you wish somebody would have told you before you started traveling that now you can maybe share with with others before they start? Hmm. I think that, The biggest gift before we started traveling was, you know, when I was working with my spiritual guide and I was trying to create what I wanted and I was stuck because I'm like, I don't know what I want. She said, connect with what your heart's desire is. And I thought, well, crap, I don't know how to do that either. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so, you know, it was really of meditating and connecting with what was calling to me and forcing myself to listen to my higher self, my inner voice of what I wanted in my life. And once I had that connection, I kind of went back to her and I was like, okay, now what, you know? And she said, and I'm totally paraphrasing, you know, create a space where you play where you imagine what all the things that you could do. She goes, take away all of the uh, technical aspect, take away what it would cost, right? Like if there were no barriers, no boundaries, no ifs, ands, or buts, just, you know, imagine what your day would be like. And so Greg and I did that for a long time. Every day would come home from work 
And it would be like, you know, what are we going to do today? Where are we going to go? What are we going to experience? Right. And so we would just have this conversation of, you know, today we're in Greece. Oh, we're going to go to this beach. And oh, it's so beautiful. And look at the beautiful blue water. And we're staying in this beautiful villa overlooking the ocean. We never said, oh, we can't afford a villa. Oh, we can't afford a ticket to Greece. Oh, that's crazy. We we never put those boundaries on it, right? And so for months, we just played in this space. And that was a tremendous gift because it helped us figure out, oh my gosh, we love traveling. Well, duh, we already knew that. But it was coming into our life in such a bigger way than it ever had been before. It was no longer a vacation. It was becoming our life. And so by giving ourselves permission not to have the details worked out, not to be bound by what we financially could afford, but just to play in that, in that manifestation space was what ultimately helped us create what we have today. And so that was one of the biggest gifts that before we got on the road that we were able to have that time because it allowed us to really see what we wanted. And then when we were ready to get down to the technical aspect of money and all that stuff, we were less bound by limiting beliefs around the money um, that allowed us to focus on what experience do we want to have. And that is what we have gone after I love that. Yeah. I've, I've talked to people from all walks of life that kind of that, and that's kind of a same theme, like, you know, talking to Olympic medalists, a, a big thing they talk about is, you know, the first step is just envisioning that you can do something, you know, t- yes. in, your, in your mind a hundred times, you know, plan on how it's going to be successful. It's going to make it a lot more likely that it's going to be successful than the whole time trying to figure out how it's going to go wrong. So I love that when it comes to travel too. I'd never necessarily heard it that like that, but if you kind of figure out what what you want to do, what you like without thinking of all those limitations, I think that's uh, that's really amazing. I like that for sure. And I want you to tell us now, uh, you kind of talked a little bit about, you know, what you tell different people um, because you do work with, with other people when it comes to, to travel. So talk about how you, uh, you help others there. Yeah, so basically, you know, people who want this life and are just starting out have lots of questions, just like we did in the beginning, right? I didn't know anything about domicile, which, you know, giving up our permanent residence, Greg and I have no home to return to. And so, you know, the IRS requires that you have an address and not just like a P.O. box, you know, at a mail place, but a legal residence, right? And so we had to educate ourselves on what domicile was and what states offer domicile because not all states do. And so meaning that you can, you know, have a permanent residence without paying a mortgage, basically. Uh, I'm super paraphrasing and breaking it down, but that's mm. the gist. And so, you know, we had to really look at medical and, and health care um, you know, we had to look at different types of even travel insurance. And I mean, there was just so many different aspects. How do we get mail? How do I get packages? You know, I can't get it through the U.S. post office because the Airbnb isn't in our name. And, you know, all of these things, we had so many questions. And even though I'm a really good researcher, there wasn't anybody really to ask, you know, and to get their real life experience. And that was a struggle for me. 
So first and foremost, that is what we help people with. We answer all of the questions. Additionally, we've created an ebook, how to become a digital nomad. It, you know, gives you it talks about different places that you can stay, different ways that you can create this life, different jobs that you can create for yourself, how to go into business for yourself step by step with lots of great resources, right? But then, you know, people want to talk about, okay, I'm actually thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about creating that business, but I don't know anything about creating a business. And, you know, let's talk about that. So really it's you pay for the time and we answer your questions and we help you create this life that you're looking for. And it is just so rewarding to talk to other people who are ready to, you know, break free, who are ready to start traveling and having these amazing experiences that will also challenge them, challenge who they are. And so it's, it's just incredible to be part of that evolution. Yeah. So what, I mean, if somebody is interested in that, what's a, a session like that look like? Is it simply just some people should come with, with questions to, to ask you, or is it something that you walk through and work through with them? Or what does that look like? What's a session look like? Yeah. So they should come prepared with questions. We're here, you know, to answer all of the questions and to provide our real life experience. Again, the, the ebook answers a lot of immediate questions, but people still want to talk to somebody and say, this is my specific question. This is my specific concern. And so I want them to be able to have the space to be seen and heard and to be able to provide our real life experience in order to help them. So, you know, if it's something that they want us to lead and kind of say, this is how, you know, how it can be done we can do that too. It's their time. And we offer free consultations as well, just to get to know each other and make sure it's a good fit. So it's not even like there's a financial commitment right off the bat or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's their time. We can do it however they want it to be done. Yeah. And I know that you're also maybe relaunching a course or something like that. What is this? Yeah. So um, in the spring, we are relaunching our beliefs course. Um, so, you know, it was such an evolution for me over many years to look at the limiting beliefs that were keeping me small and disengaged from my life, moving into letting go of the uh, lease of our apartment, letting go of the majority of things that we owned and how those things were part of my identity, right? Who I was, they, these tangible things made me feel full on the inside. So when I let them go, it's like, oh crap, who am I without a house and all of these belongings that had made me uh, superficially feel full inside. Now I've got to actually find that self-love and that self-worth not intangible items, but within myself. So just again, this journey has been this huge evolution of overcoming limiting beliefs, um, finding that self-love, that self-worth, not in external sources, but from inside of myself. And so, you know, we found through this journey that those are the things that continue to hold people back. And so we have the consultation but really, sometimes it's it's 
so much more foundational of creating this life. It's helping people to look at their beliefs that are keeping them limited and small so that they can level up themselves in order to actually get out on the road. And so I created this course in order to help them do that. Well, you know, over the last year, I've uncovered so many more limiting beliefs. I've uncovered, you know, or or walked through so many more fears. I'm a different person. And so obviously it makes sense to go back and share that again in the course as well. So yeah, so this course is going to help you look at your beliefs about money, your attachments to physical things, to people, to indoctrinated beliefs about you have to have a home, you have to have roots, right? All of these things. And so it's not me telling you this is what you should believe, obviously. It's asking the questions to help you go inside of yourself to figure out what is limiting you, what is holding you back, what can we change that belief so that it empowers you rather than disempowers you. So I'm really excited to be working on that and relaunching that this spring. Super excited. No, that between that, the ebook, all really, really amazing information. I want to let you kind of tell us where people are going to find the ebook, where they can find this course in the spring where they can kind of connect with you as a, as a whole, kind of plug those things if you would. Yeah, untamedsoul.info uh, is a really quick uh, website search. So that will take you directly to our website, which is talesfromanuntamedsoul.com. Uh, so you can type in either one, you'll, you'll get there. And uh, so you can book the consultation on our website, you can download the ebook, and I'm actually writing a hardcover book as well. So that's going to be expanding the ebook because I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much more to say. And then I was like, oh, this is turning into a, like a book book, you know? Mm. And so I'm really excited that that will also be coming out soon. Um, you know, again, just expanding from every aspect of how to have this life, how you can curate it in the many, many ways that works for you. Um, and so the ebook has so many resources that you can like click on, right? With clickable links, that's going to take you to more information or resources. But the book book will obviously be more text heavy, uh, but just really laying out all the different aspects of the digital nomad life. So, you know, all of this will be able to be found on our website. And then of course, you know, we uh, have destination guides. So if you're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to get out on the road. I don't know where to go. I don't know what's a good place to digital nomad, meaning stay for a while, work, but also have a lot of fun things to do. We have destination guides on our website that will tell you, stay here, eat here, go do this. This was so much fun. You know, so we provide all of those resources from the website to really help people get started. Yeah, I love it. A lot of amazing things, whether it's a lot of things coming up too, whether it's yes. the course, the expanded book, um, yes. just in your own personal world. I know you're going to Greece soon and then yes. uh, the next month, other places. So a lot of really awesome things um, that I assume that website, that's how people are going to be able to kind of follow along with this. Do you have yeah. you know, a social media presence? Yes, absolutely. Um, Facebook and Instagram is untamed, uh, uh, Tales from an Untamed Soul also 
Uh, so that's the handle. You can look us up on social media as well. Yeah, well, I know, at least myself, we look forward to uh, to seeing what comes. I think the journey seems to just be beginning. So good luck to everything. It is. Yes. Thank you. So that was Elise Saunders. Really enjoyed speaking with her. I learned a lot. You just like, you know, I, I've talked to so many people and I said this to her too, like Olympians and, and people who've done amazing things and just that mindset of you've got to envision that you're going to be successful or you're destined to, to not. And, you know, that makes sense in, in sport. And it's not something that I'd really had ever looked at in other ways. So I really enjoyed uh, hearing kind of that perspective of envisioning that, hey, I'm going to be able to, to travel. I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to do that. And, you know, kind of eliminate those roadblocks because if you uh, if you just think of, oh, I can't do that because this, or I can't do this because of work, or because of family commitments, or because of my mortgage, all these things, then you're setting yourself up not to be able to. Those limiting factors are going to stop you forever. So I uh, I got a lot from that. I really uh, appreciated that insight. Um, amazing, amazing things she's doing. She talked about how she's got um, consultations, if that's something you're interested in. She talked about how she's got that ebook, um, classes, all kinds of stuff. The links will be in the show notes on how to uh, to reach Elise. Uh, I know that she'd be a joy to work with. She's probably somewhere amazing right now. Like I said in the beginning, this was filmed uh, a while back. So uh, she's, I'm sure, on, on a, an amazing journey, but uh, I, I'm sure that she's uh, also very, uh, very excited to uh, to speak with you should you want to. Um, again, links will be in the show notes for that. If this is your first time listening to, to this podcast, appreciate that very much. Um, go check out other podcast episodes, amazing ones in the past, really great ones coming up. Follow along. Ways to do that is uh, follow or subscribe on Apple and on Spotify. Go give us a follow on Instagram. Post every week about uh, podcasts coming up. Uh, that's not enough podcast. Go on uh, jacksonup.com, not enough with Jackson Up on Facebook, everywhere like that. While you're there, give a five star review on Apple and on Spotify. Leave a written review on Apple, even more amazing. Uh, but if you do nothing else, come back next week. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.